0: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean O'Zaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. It's exactly what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we begin a new series called Master Plan based on the verse, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. We have a choice to make when it comes to how we shape our lives. We build our life on the soft sand of this crazy world or upon the solid rock of God's Word. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. Today's part two of the message called Don't Be Houston. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: My challenge for us today is the most important decision. The most important decision of your master plan is who will be the architect. Who will be the architect? And with the psalmist, I say, unless the Lord is, it's all in vain. Now, a couple of observations, a couple ways that we do this, ways that we make him the architect of our plan. Number one, trust his plan, but seek his presence. Trust his plan, but seek his presence. I'm going to read a pastor scripture that people get all fired up about. So some people are going to have church right now. Some people are going to get excited. We're going to get all Pentecostal in here, okay? It's Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm, I even say the passage and you start going, mmm, that's good. Mm. mm, Love this passage of scripture. Some people, this like they just have this up at the house because it's just like, this is what I want to know. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And that is completely 100% true. That is God's plan. Because it's in the word of God and it's true. The problem is that's not where the thought ends. He goes on. See, we get this and we get fired up about this. Yes, I love that word. I love that word prosper. Mm, Lord, make it so. Mm, hope and a future. I like that. That sounds good. And we get all fired up and excited. What we're missing is how to accomplish that. How is that going to happen? And that's the next couple of verses. That's verses 12 and 13. They go on to say, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And then verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. See, the plan begins with his presence, not the other way around. See, we're not told to seek his plan. We're told to seek him. And that is very different. I talk to all kinds of people. And they want to know God's will. They want to know God's plan. and, And I've got this... Decision to make it w- through work or my career, and I n- want to go know God's will and plan, pray for me, Pastor. And that's an awesome thing. We should pray for that. That's a good thing. I've got this financial need or this financial decision I need to make. I need God's plan. I need God's will. P- pray for me. I got this issue with my kids, and it's really important. I need God's plans. I need God's will. And that's awesome. Those are good things. We should be praying for those and seeking Him. But let me just say to you, if you're seeking His plan and you've never sought His presence, you are doing this backwards. We're missing it. We start by seeking his presence. The very essence of his plan comes out of his presence. And if we try to get the plan without the presence, it doesn't work. We're supposed to seek him, not just his plan. Someone asked, well, how do I seek him? How is it that I go about seeking him? We're going to talk about some ways in just a moment, ways that you can seek him, seek to get close to him, seek to hear him. Because he's our father. He, he's not wanting to relate to us as, as some sort of employer who gives us kind of, here's the instructions. Here's, you know, they, he posted online somewhere. We kind of do the job and then cl- click that we've completed it. The, the plan is secondary to the relationship. He wants to relate to us as sons and daughters. You know, and we sometimes want to relate to him as kind of genie in the bottle. Like, I, well, I, I want him to do what I want. I want him to bless my plan and stuff, but then I want him to go back in the bottle because I want to kind of work my, work my deal. doesn't work that way. How do we seek him then? Look, look at what the scripture says. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I don't think we need to worry so much about how to seek him. I'll give you some ways that will help. He says you will find me. He's not hiding out there. He's not like playing hide and seek and trying to trick you. He will be found, he says, when we seek him with all our heart. When our true heart is to seek our Father. Not for what he can give us, not for the stuff, not for the plan, not for the wisdom, not for anything. We seek him because he's our Father. He created us, he loves us, and he wants us to seek him. When we do that, he says, when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. Remember what the psalmist wrote? As the deer pants thirsts for water so my soul pants it thirsts for you god when we thirst for his presence when our heart seeks him and desires him he says you will find me so the beginning of finding him is simply to have a heart for him not simply what he can do for us see the most important decision of your master plan is who will be the architect Second way we do that is we build on the foundation of his word. We build on the foundation of his word. Yes, we trust his plan, but we seek his presence. But then we begin to build on the foundation of his word. Now, these few verses I'm going to read for you are just this incredible close of the Sermon on the Mount. You remember the Sermon on the Mount, eh, there's a couple different places that that material is covered in the scripture, but one is Matthew 5 through 7. And near the beginning of Jesus' ministry, it's been called the Magna Carta of the Kingdom of God. This is powerful teaching. It begins with the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he just, then he goes on and he, and he speaks and he shares this radical, challenging teaching on the kingdom of God. And he wraps up after that teaching with these kind of words in summation. He says, Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against that house, yet it didn't fall, because it had its foundation on the rock of his words. And then this warning, but everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. Note that both times he said puts them into practice. It's not just hearing the words and and knowing the words, but actually putting them into practice. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. He does not put them in the practice. He's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew. They beat against that house, but it fell with a great crash. It fell with a great crash. See, the challenge is we've got to become people of the word. We have got to become people of the word. He says the foundation that you build on is the foundation of my word what i've taught you what i've said to you how i've led you we need to know the word i I am sometimes stunned as i see throughout christianity in america how biblically illiterate so many of us who profess the name of christ are just don't know what the scripture teaches or says i hate the phrase when someone says to me doesn't it say somewhere in there in there doesn't it say somewhere in there you know cleanliness is next to godliness no no it actually doesn't how could we figure out what it says in there maybe if we read it but it's shocking sometimes the lack of biblical literacy among people who profess to be followers of christ and people of his word that's why we read the Word and we challenge one another to read the Word. That's why we study the Word. That's why we have River City University with Bible studies, and different ways to go deeper in the Word and to hear, learn from teachers who've gone before us. That's why we teach the Word regularly as a core of what we do. And that's why we quote Scripture so much. Because there's power in the Word of God. He gave it to us for a reason. I have to tell you, I've received a compliment for our church, and it's been enough in the last number of months for it to be uncomfortable for me. And it's, it's just people who've searched and checked out different churches, and I've had them come to River City, and they, they share with me, oh, we love River City. We love this place because you teach the word. Because you teach the word. And I'm like, well, the word church on the building should have been a clue. You know, we got church on the front sign. I would kind of think that, and, I, and I'm not I'm not—I'm demeaning. I'm glad that people recognize that. I'm glad that people see that. But I'm like, that's a pretty low bar for a church, isn't it? Isn't that a pretty low bar? And we get people, you know, we, we get people come and visit, lots of guests and visitors. We have lots of military folks in our community, obviously. And so those folks have to go through this process every few years. They have to go and look for a church in a, when they have a new assignment and they... They go through the process, so they're kind of experts at it. And I can't tell you how many people have said to me, oh my gosh, you don't know how hard it is to find a place that just teaches the Word and opens the Word of God and expounds and goes deeper in the Word. And I'm like, that is shocking. That's a pretty low bar for a Christian church. I appreciate the kind words, but it's like, folks, that's one-on-one. That should be... uh, us as christian churches that should be baseline that we are people of the word that we advocate teaching and reading and studying and growing in and memorizing the word and that we build on the foundational word that's what jesus is talking about he says according to god's master plan you know what that foundation is jesus christ and his word and you build your house on this foundation He, he says storms will come he's not saying storms won't come rain won't come the rivers won't rise he's not saying any of that He just says, you build on the right foundation, you'll be fine. If you build on a shaky foundation, you're going to fall.
0: And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Don't Be Houston in the series Master Plan, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And Pastor Sean Azaro, now an author, invites you to check out his brand new book. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: I want to encourage you into two very powerful decisions that will help you be a person of the Word, to know and live the Word. First, I want to encourage you to practice daily devotions in the Word of God every day. And if you don't have that, New Year's, great time to start. Get on it. Daily time in the Word. I recommend, first thing in the morning, When you get up, because it's kind of set your mind in the right place on your day, but some of you are like, dude, I'm dead in the morning. I'm alert at night. Great, I don't care. That's fine. Then do it at night before you go to bed, okay? But spend some time with the Word of God in prayer, seeking the Lord, praying over the things of your day, praying over what you read in the Scripture. And if some of you are like, I wouldn't know where to start. I don't know. It's the Bible. There's so much there. At reallife.org, on our website, we have some simple instructions. We have a Bible reading plan that will walk you through. We have a very simple process that we have called REAP, Read, Examine, Apply, Pray. It's just an acronym for Read, Examine, Apply, and Pray, REAP. And in fact, there's a little deal called Bible Virtuosity, where Pastor Mike has put together a month of brief little couple-minute kind of segments to teach you this process of REAP and walk you through a book of the Bible. So if you just go with a couple minute little, little exhortation and kind of set up from Pastor Mike, and then you read your chapter and you do your REAP, you will know exactly how to read the word and draw truth from it, and you do not need someone to hold your hand. You become what we call a self-feeder on the word of God. And you just become, if you already have a Bible reading plan that you're doing, fantastic. Keep it up, go deep. If you don't, we've got one there at reallife.org for you that'll walk you systematically through the scriptures. The point is become a person of the word. The second discipline I want to encourage you in is Christian community because remember, it's not just to know the word, it's to live the word. And that's where Christian community comes in. We need to encourage one another in the word. And I want to encourage you to be in a community group. That's what they do. They pray together, they fellowship together, they open the word together, and they encourage one another in living the word of God and living as a follower of Jesus. First thing you'll notice, you become a person of the word, you start thinking like a person of the word, you're going to notice I'm out of sync with the rest of the world. And the rest of the world is not going to encourage me in this lifestyle of mine because they don't get it. They're following a different word, if you will. And so you've got to get with people. I just want to encourage you, be in a community group. In fact, if you're not in a community group, if you're here and you are not in a community group, I want to encourage you, January 23rd, Tuesday night, right in this room. We have what's called group link. It's a fun, easy way to kind of meet a number of different group leaders, check out some different things, and then get in a group. A very low-impact way to do that. I want to encourage you, if you're not in a group, there's a sign-up out there in, in the foyer. Go sign up and get in a group. Because I don't think anybody should try to live the scriptures alone. Called us to community, and this is the way to do it. See, the most important decision of your master plan is who will be the architect. And that's bottom line, isn't it? Going to follow his plan or my plan. Third way we have to kind of process this is surrender to the direction of his will. This is where the rubber meets the road. Surrender to the direction of his will. Knowing his will isn't enough, you have to surrender to his will. That's why Jesus said he he builds his house on the foundation. It's like the person who hears these words and does them versus the one who doesn't. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 talks about this. Be careful then how you live. Note that that's the point. How you live is the point. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand, look at this phrase, what the Lord's will is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. See, it all comes down to how you live, but you need to understand, as you're following this blueprint, you're going to come to discover God's will, and you're going to come to this like impasse, where God's will is here, and your will is here. And you're going to have a decision to make. Whose will am I going to follow? Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane had that moment, Father, if this can be taken from me, do it. But then he said, not my will, but yours to be done. Do you realize, it doesn't have to be something as big as the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus giving his life. We're going to come into these little crossroads of his will versus ours all, all throughout the day. We're going to have these battles of the will, God's will versus my will. It can be in the midst of a conversation, it can be in the midst of a financial decision, it can be in the midst of something at work, it can be an integrity issue, it can be something you watch, something you read, and you're going to have God's will and then there's your will. But I want to do this. Which will are you going to Follow? It comes down to the D word, and I know you hate me bringing up the D word in January, but it's kind of a January word, and it's the word discipline. Discipline. Saying no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. Know what the will of God is. Be careful how you live. See, as I know God's will, the way I build according to this master plan is I do it. As I know God's will, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with my time, with my money, with my family, with my work. I'm going to do his will as I know his will. I mean, this issue of time, we have so many different options with our time. I want to commend you for being here this morning. You've made a decision regarding your time, and I want to challenge you. This is a biblical decision that you made. did isn't just because, well, I had nothing better to do on Sunday morning. No, the scripture, there's instruction and example that the body of Christ would gather together to encourage one another. Hebrews chapter 10, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves as is the habit of some, but encourage one another. Love and good deeds, all the more as you see the day approaching. That's the instruction of scripture. That's the example of the Christian church throughout the centuries. But the point is you're going to have decisions. Maybe you're maybe some of you are here and it's like okay it's January and we're going to get in and we're going to we're going to be a part of the church. Awesome. And that's great. But down the road you're going to have a decision. Oh, but we want like to go to the lake on weekends and you know, we like to do that or oh, we we like to do this on weekends or oh, it's not convenient or we like to get this one. The question is are you going to do what the scripture says? and follow the will of the Lord, or are you going to follow your own will? And you're like, well, we don't really have to go to church, because I have this blogger that I follow, and he's so awesome, and he says he's done with the church. Give me that address. Just give me the blogger's address. Seriously, I have so many people, and and what they did, they found an expert to say what they wanted to hear. Guys, I don't care what some blogger says. I told you I don't care what Dave Ramsey says. I don't even care what Sean Azaro says. What does the Word of God say? What is God's word say and i don't care if some blogger says oh you don't need that the word of god says we do and so we do i don't care if it's popular i don't care if anybody else likes it i'm uh, the architect of my plan is not some blogger it's not some media guy it's not some pastor i heard the architect of my plan is the lord and he's the one i want to follow We have to learn to tell the flesh no and say, yes, I'm going to follow his will. The most important decision of your master plan is who will be the architect. Who are you going to let be the architect of your plan as you make decisions with time, money, family, work? Last thing, and this is why I want you to hear this as we wrap up. I want you to hear this. Be aware that his master plan begins with you begins with you i think sometimes we think the master plan is what god wants to do through us and it's my ministry it's my job and career it's raising my kids his master plan is how i do what i'm going to do and it involves all of that don't get me wrong but it begins with who we are it begins with who we are look what paul wrote i love this this is a great picture of god's plan for you and i this is how paul prayed he said this is my prayer this from philippians chapter 1 that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Notice where his focus is. That your love may abound more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. You see, what you do always flows from who you are, and his plan is more about who you are than what you do. It's like, yeah, but I just want to know his plan for my work. I just want to know his plan for my finances. I just want to know his plan. That's the genie in the bottle thing. His plan is for us to draw close to him, and so he can do his work within us. Notice he starts on the inside, and he works out. He says that your love may abound, more in knowledge and depth of insight, that you'll be discerning, that you'll be pure and blameless. Even when he talks about the fruit of righteousness, he says, he prays that you will be filled with the fruit of righteousness, not producing the fruit of righteousness. That's later. He does, in other passages, talk about us producing the fruit of righteousness, but it starts with us being filled with the fruit of righteousness. It begins in you, then it comes from you remember what the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness self-control it's what the spirit is doing in us bottom line you want to know what the spirit is doing in us he is creating the image of jesus see his plan is that you and i would become mature reproducing christ followers his plan is that you and i would become mature reproducing Christ followers, that we would be people who in every area of our life would be filled with His Spirit and would become more like Him. That's His desire. That's what He wants from us. The most important decision of your master plan is who will be the architect. That's the bottom line. Who's going to be the architect? My challenge for us is that we would surrender to his plan. That we would surrender to his plan. That we would build on the foundation of Christ. That we would build on the foundation of Jesus Christ in every area of our life. I love that passage of scripture where Paul talks about Jesus as the cornerstone. That everything was built off of the cornerstone. What that means is Jesus is the center. He's the one who is the core. He's the one who is the one non-negotiable. Everything else is negotiable, not him. So everything is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, his word, his presence. And his plan is to build in us a mature, reproducing follower of Christ at work that we would be a mature, reproducing follower of Christ. At home, we would be a mature, reproducing follower of Jesus. That's his plan. And let me tell you something about that that person. Everything that flows from their life is beautiful.
0: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series Master Plan, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page.